putting all the spending in one bill and not reading it and having no analysis and not getting rid of the waste is a terrible way to run a government. But almost everybody who told me that this week is going to vote for it. Unbelievable that we've had such bipartisanship for so long that people wouldn't vote for things that they have wanted their entire lives if it would help the other party. Mm-hmm. But finally, the first time they could all come together is when we just you know backed up the money truck and said, take whatever you want. Right. Taxpayers will pay for it some other day. Right. That's we when you stole can... from our grandchildren's uh, retirement. That's when you can finally get bipartisanship. It's really pretty amazing. Well, here he is. He's an anachronism. He's like a 110-year-old cowboy who uh, shot Wild Bill Hickok or something. He, he represents no constituency. Congressman Tom McClintock of the 4th District of California, who believes the government ought to spend no more than it takes in. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm doing fine. That was the worst intro ever, and I apologize for it. That was the worst introduction ever, but we're, we're, we're bitter. We're disappointed. Oh no, and so am I. I'm, 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 it, it is so frustrating because we, we just approved a massive tax reduction, um, and that was really important for economic growth. We're already seeing a, a dramatic positive effect that it's having on wages and business expansion. But now, having cut taxes, Congress has a very keen responsibility to, to restrain spending growth, and that's a responsibility it just repudiated last night, or actually earlier this morning. Well, can you tell me what the argument um, uh, Paul Ryan is making? I mean, he said this is this is, this is is good news, this is great for everybody, hurrah. Um, I, I don't quite understand that. Well, it, it funds the military for the next two years. Uh, by the way, at an even higher level than we approved last year, the military's been saying they they need that kind of stable funding. They now have it. Um, it repeals the IPAB, which is the Obamacare Rationing Board, uh, and it provides needed disaster relief. So those those are all necessary things. But uh, it then turns around. It abandons any pretense of fiscal responsibility. It blows the lid off of our, our spending caps by nearly $300 billion. That's $2,400 for every household in the country just over the next two years alone. Um, and then it sets up a structure that that will allow Congress to, to, to bypass our own budget rules and extends this laundry list of subsidies and special interest tax breaks. Oh, and by the way, it also suspends the debt limit for a year for obvious reasons. Well, it seems obvious to me that this is a, uh, well, we see it in, in people we know all the time, short-term pleasure-seeking over long-term planning, reasonableness, uh, wisdom, yeah, adulthood. It, but it's not even – you, you have immediate uh, effect, uh, bad effects of borrowing. You know, first of all, taxes and debt are the same thing, right. Right. both driven by spending. Once we've spent a dollar, we've already decided to tax it. The only question is whether we tax it now or we borrow it now and tax it in the future. Uh, but that borrowing also has very serious implications for the present because government has to borrow from the same capital pool – that would otherwise be available to loan for consumer and home purchases or for business expansion. So a lack of fiscal restraint now undermines the economic growth we achieved with the tax cuts. Yes, we relieved of the economy of an enormous tax burden, and it's responding very rapidly. But at the same time, if we don't show spending restraint, we end up borrowing that money back, and it comes right out of the same pool that would otherwise be available for expansion. So it, 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 it works at odds against the 
uh, a singular objective of the tax cuts, which was to to revive the economy. And worth just uh, giving you the very simple and wise words of Milton Friedman that the true rate of taxation is the rate of spending. It's just a question of, are we going to pay the taxes, or are we going to make somebody else, our children and grandchildren, pay them plus interest? It is an act of unconscionable and historic selfishness. Well, interest is also a very important issue, because interest rates are already rising. Uh, economists warn us that a sharp increase in deficits, uh, and that's what we're now looking at, could cause markets to charge even higher rates for borrowing uh, uh, from, the federal, uh, from the federal government. So, which means a, a, a 1% increase in interest rates, that adds $200 billion just to our annual borrowing costs. $200 billion is half of what we spend on the entire Medicaid system. So we have a 2% increase in interest rates. That's like adding an entire Medicaid program, which is one of the biggest and most out-of-control programs in our federal budget. Uh, but it accomplishes nothing more than paying the interest on the money we've already spent. And 2% would not be a large increase, historically speaking, not at all, Jack. Well, especially as we hit trillion-dollar deficits. We had an economist uh, warn the Budget Committee a couple of years ago. I asked him specifically, when can we expect a sovereign debt crisis? That's where the market says, you know, you guys are just too deeply in debt. We're not entirely sure we're going to get paid back, so we're just not going to loan you any more money right now. Uh, that's what's going on in Venezuela, for example. That's uh, and, and and by the way, that's been going on in Puerto Rico uh, uh, the last year or so. Um, uh, that's a very very serious problem. And so and, and and the answer from the economist was, well, there's no possible way of telling if and when a sovereign debt crisis may be reached. It could be triggered by any number of international incidents. We don't know. But I'll tell you this, he said. You hit trillion-dollar deficits, and you will have set the stage for that kind of instability that could bring a very sudden um, uh, uh, withdrawal uh, of the capital market. And, um, and what are we projecting to borrow this year? About a trillion dollars. God dang it. And, and, and when we reach that point, which is inevitable on our current path, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take it. People like us, you know, who have been screaming about this for years, my head's going to pop off. When all of a sudden, everybody, how did this happen? In the news all day long, how did this happen? <laughs> what? what are you talking well, about? Hemingway, Hemingway uh, uh, said uh, uh, there are two ways to go bankrupt. Ernest or Mariel? Uh, Ernest. Oh, okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, uh, first, uh, uh, he, he says, first, you go bankrupt very, very gradually. And then you go bankrupt very suddenly. Yeah. And I'm afraid we're approaching that cusp. I keep asking you to speak for other people, which is not fair. They should speak for themselves. I just I can't get inside their headspace. Uh, the people that keep voting this way or don't seem to be concerned about it, do they think it's do they not understand math? That's that 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 doesn't seem possible. Do they just are they really just so cynical? They think I want to get stuff for me and stay in office and I'll let somebody else deal about it? Is and that I it? would add in, there's no constituency for responsibility. Well, the answer to the question is, why do we you know, rack up debt on our credit cards? Uh, it's because it's easier to, and more pleasant to spend money uh, than it is to, uh, to raise it. Um, the, the problem is, uh, you reach a point where people stop loaning you money. And when that happens... The fiscal discipline will be restored to the federal government. It will either be restored in a controlled manner by uh, uh, decisions made by the Congress and the president, uh, or it will be made in a very brutal manner uh, by capital markets, simply uh, uh, no longer loaning money or loaning money at interest rates that, that sink our, our, our government. And 
history keeps screaming this warning at us. Countries that bankrupt themselves aren't around very long. Uh, you know, the, the Soviet Union was the uh, second most powerful military force on the planet. It was not defeated by military force. It was defeated by bankruptcy. Congressman Tom McClintock represents the 4th District of California. He is a fiscal conservative. Jack, what's your our favorite quote of the last decade or so about uh, if something can't go on forever? Who said that? I don't remember, but yeah. yeah, if something can't go on, it will stop, which seems incredibly simple, right. but it's but it's you know, it's very true and people seem to ignore it. If, yeah, this if, can't go on forever, meaning it will stop. And as Tom, you know, posed a couple of scenarios, it's going to be one thing or the other and, you know, if I had to make a prediction, I think I know what I'd go with. Okay, I'm going to try to be positive here for a second. You're very positive guy you're always positive so some people are arguing they had to get this out of the way get these things taken care of and now they can get serious about entitlement reform and sit down and roll up their sleeves and get to work is that a possibility well of course it's a possibility here's the problem though uh as long as it takes 60 votes to take up any measure in the senate there's not going to be any serious entitlement reform i don't blame chuck schumer for abusing the senate rules of uh i blame the uh senate republicans uh, and specifically uh, mitch mcconnell for uh, allowing him to do so. That's a choice that Republicans have made not to reform their cloture rule. Mm, interesting. So you're in favor of the nuclear option for legislation? Well, you don't even have to go that far. Uh, there are plenty of ways that you can... Pre- the, the, the whole point of cloture was to, to preserve debate. If a significant minority wanted to debate an issue, the debate ought to continue. That's an ancient parliamentary principle, and it's a very good one. The problem is, starting in the 1970s, that ru- rule got turned around uh, 180 degrees. Now, instead of requiring 60 votes to close a debate... It actually requires, it is a practical matter, 60 votes to open a debate. So a measure, uh, a, a very good rule that's supposed to preserve the sanctity of debate has now become a very effective way to prevent any debate. You cannot take up virtually any bill in the Senate now um, uh, without first having 60 votes. Ugly times. Congressman Tom McClintock, he says working on entitlements is a possibility. I'm trying to teach my oh, dog, my dog Baxter, to te- to speak the Queen's English. Which do you think is a better possibility? <laughs> Him conversing with me, or serious uh, reform of uh, entitlements? Well, as I said, we either do it now in a controlled and rational way, or we do it when uh, when we run out of money. Well, if I was a betting man, I'll go on the uh, irrational. All of a sudden, people screaming, "How did this happen?" Way because I think that's what what will occur. Oh, that would be a very bad thing. Oh, absolutely. All right, Congressman Tom McClintock, I'll meet you and Rand Paul on the island you're on. I'll bring something nice to sip on. (laughs) It's great to talk to you. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Tom McClintock, who voted no. No, he said no, damn it. We got all these texts. It's really disappointing that Tom McClintock voted yes, Jack. No, stop it. Followed by, so confused, just to clarify, Tom McClintock voted yes, no? (laughs) No, yes, no, no, yes. We got these texts. Hey, Jack, Tom McClintock voted to harvest puppies for their meat. Hey, Jack, Tom McClintock (laughs) voted yes on the Toddler Fight Club Act. (laughs) Hey, Jack, did you see Tom McClintock voted on the No More Texts for Jack Act? Yes, yeah, he has my vote. (laughs) (laughs) Harvesting puppies for their meat. Good Lord. Somebody turn on the lights. That's dark. Hey, the the leading guy for figure skating that can do uh, five quadruples in one program yeah. just fell on his ass. No! Yeah. What? So, what country is he with? I don't know. Some Asian country. Well, I don't care, though. Not our guy to hell with him. So there you go. Uh, yeah. I don't know. 
there, there's no denying this. We all know it's true. You pay cash for a car, you get a different car than one you buy on, uh, you take out a loan on. Yep. It's, it's just true. You, you buy something on your credit card, you buy a new pair of shoes on your credit card, it doesn't feel the same as if you pulled out the cash out of your pocket. And that's what our government does. What about, and this ought to hit home for you, what about if you find a credit card, it's not even yours, what do you buy? Right. Yeah, no kidding. Are you effing kidding me? This is no way to run a country. Yeah, which drinks do you buy on the company credit card? Top shelf or, yeah, of course. That's what people do. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. Got a girl from the south side, got brazen hair. First time I seen her walk by, and I about fell up on my chair. Had to get her number, and it took me like six weeks. Now me and her go way back, like Cadillac seats. So we just talked to a congressman who voted no on the big giving up on fiscal responsibility bill. I mean, he's, he was a, he, hmm. I worded that poorly. He was against stopping the continuation of reneging on overspending. (laughs) He he wants to stop spending too much. But anyway, yet another interview that didn't end with this. How's that TV show of yours going? So that's a win. (laughs) So that's a win. Mockery! <laughs> oh man! So I, I, I don't see. I don't want to. I don't want to kill you with this. No, no, but I'm fired up, man! I'm fired up. It's Friday morning. People don't like talking about the, the budget stuff anyway. It's boring. And if y'all cared, it's boring. It's boring. Please, if, it's called being an adult. And if y'all cared, you'd vote in people who wanted to control this. Y'all vote in people who don't give a crap. We so, do signed districts where our show is big. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but there so just ain't enough of us. We got this text. Fine, cut entitlements with 50 votes in the Senate. Then when the D's get controlled, they'll pass Medicare with 50 votes, and we're back to where we started. Isn't that the problem with that? Yeah, and eventually the people decide which side they want to govern on an ongoing basis, and it will be the side that gives them the most in the short term and to hell with responsibility. That's why democracies don't work republics do but democracies don't because you know the average dope no offense the average dope will consistently vote themselves money from the treasury and to hell with the people who have to pay it down the line it's it's interesting the human nature part i was just talking about is interesting though you ever listen to dave ramsey's radio show have you ever heard him the cut up your credit cards <laughs> that's a good idea it is but it is just it's just human nature and so you know tired phrase we get the government we deserve they act like we act but mm-hmm. i have paid cash for the last couple of cars i bought you buy a different car when you pay cash you just do you save your pennies until you have enough to buy something that's hilarious if you're looking at two different vehicles and you're actually going to write a check for it you don't choose but if you're spreading it out over seven years yeah and the pavement the payment goes up by five bucks if you buy the nicer one yeah. you buy the nicer one i mean it's just it's just human nature and right. we all know that stuff bought on the credit card at the mall doesn't feel like you really bought it doesn't feel like money went out of your pocket it's just mm. you know yeah yeah and so the and so the government reacts the same way they, they they don't feel like they spent this money. 
Well, it's something we'll worry about years from now. Particularly if you've bred yourself up a victim culture where, where everybody believes they've got stuff coming, and if they're not getting stuff or not getting as much stuff, it's some sort of crime. You know, hard times make strong people. Strong people make good times. Good times make weak people. And here we are. Which... We're weak. We're worthless and weak. <laughs> All right, moving Ma- Major moment in my uh, son's life last night, the seven, soon-to-be-eight-year-old. Do tell. What is it with the small kids? They are very particular about their age. I referred to him as oh, an eight. Yeah. I referred to him as an eight-year-old the other day. Dad, I'm not eight till next month. It's a couple of weeks. You're eight years old, but yeah, to them, it's very, very important. Yeah, yeah, it's major the measuring stick. Yeah, you know, like uh, not the, income, not like trophy wife, anything like that, or <laughs> you know how how hot you are or whatever. You know, it's all of your age. That's my, the status. When my youngest was going around, I'm five and three quarters. Just you know. Mm-hmm. Got to nail it down. But anyway, uh, played pool for the first time mm. at a pool hall. Oh, he, really? Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a bar. It's a restaurant. It's a bar. It's a, mm. Depends on what you're doing there. Mm. But uh, during the day, it's kind of a restaurant. At night, it's a full-on bar, no doubt. I've crawled out of there a few times myself. Oh, boy. But, uh, Good times. Pool. We're sore eating our cheeseburgers. <laughs> Not to, t- to take the fun out of this, but we had to escape the house, which is just crazy. My household is just so stressful and crazy. That my wife came up with the brilliant idea of me getting him out of there because he can't stand it mm. uh, living there because it's difficult. Uh-huh. But anyway, so we went to, uh, to we went we went and ate a cheeseburger at this uh, pool hall place, and uh, he said, "What is that game back there I've seen on TV with the holes and the balls and the sticks?" Oh yeah, I said that's called pool. He said, "Like swimming pool?" I said, "Yeah." Man. But uh, so I, I I I set us up after our burgers and and it, I don't know, but it was like a real moment. I hadn't played pool. I don't know, God, fifteen years maybe yeah. since I played pool, yeah. which is crazy because I told him I said we had a pool, hall, we had a pool table in the basement when I was a kid. I played every day with my brother and my dad, and then every day in college, and like most days through my twenties and thirties, I really played, oh I played a gazillion games of pool. I'd play pool for hours. You got some good cue ball control there. You you, you put it where you want it. You got the ball on a string. Pool and pool is one of those things. It's like uh, gambling might be with some people where you win a little bit and you think, oh, I got to do this more often. Mm-hmm. Last night, of course, because I hadn't played in 15 years. Oh, I'm killing it. Oh, yeah. I'm killing it. I thought, you know what? I should get a pool table. I should practice maybe in a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's the ticket. And you know, oh. the next time I play, I won't be able to do anything because right. that's the way pool and darts work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got that sweet spot going for or a while. And sometimes and golf. Golf, golf some, too. Trust me. I hadn't played golf in years. I picked up a club and hit one shot. Oh, that was great. Well, that's you know, I should get so, some shoes and some clubs and go right. I know how that I know how that turns <laughs> I out. I like I like the way when you were referencing some people like to gamble, you gestured toward me and <laughs> nodded knowingly. But yes. you have a little win and you think, you know yeah, what, I'm gonna do this more often. That's sure. why I was with pool last night. Yeah, I've got a system. <laughs> Now I remember as a kid playing pool, the uh, the little the, the bridge, the extender bridge, was a big part of my game because I was small. I couldn't you know necessarily what? I, get it all. I the didn't time. even break that out. I probably should have because it's kind of hard when you're on the shorter side. Yeah, pool's a difficult game. You make your kids soft if you let them use that. It's like the the railings on the bowling lane. It's weak. What's we didn't up? have those in the Depression. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Trump spending a lot of time on Twitter after signing that massive news spending bill. The world is facing a tequila shortage, and Internet star Logan Paul's in trouble again. Stories coming oh, up minutes God, from I now. I never want to hear his name again. Armstrong. <laughs> All right. He's the ultimate Armstrong and Getty standard. If he cures cancer or assassinates the president, you get to utter his name. Under no other circumstances <laughs> do I want to hear it. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
I see Mike Pence up there with a uh, a ski run in the background. So is he is he in South Korea the whole time the Olympics are going on? He is uh, he is there for the time being. Yeah, in fact, he was sitting right in front of uh, Kim Jong Un's sister in the celebrity box. Oh, really? Wow. They did not look at each other. They did not smile. So that will be on TV tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With no creepy Matt Lauer. But yes, a creepy Mike Tirico? Well, long time ago, back in his wild younger days at okay. ESPN, I guess it was a nonstop party and it was uh, was wild. It was more frat house than sober business. No way. A bunch of young sports reporters? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Get out of here. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump certainly spending a lot of time on Twitter this morning after signing that bill ending the latest government shutdown. First, the president tweeted, just sign bill. Our military will now be stronger than ever before. It also means jobs, jobs, jobs. Trump adding, without more Republicans in Congress, we were forced to increase spending on things we do not like or want in order to finally take care of our military. Went on to add, sadly, we needed some Dem votes for passage. Must elect more Republicans! Exclamation point. Donald Trump, like Barack Obama and George Bush, he is not concerned with fiscal health for the long term. Do you think? Apparently not. I just don't think it's something he's concerned with. No. Uh, well, I, you know, each one of them has this messianic belief that what they're trying to accomplish through massive, massive debt is so important, it justifies that massive debt. But with each successive administration and a new messianic complex... We just end up with unpayable debt. It is your chance to put a stamp on the the government or the direction of the the country by mm-hmm. spending a whole bunch of money on yep. whatever you think is important. And uh, so I guess that's how you leave your mark. You don't. We're going to spend democracy to to the uh, same countries. They're going to love it. You're going to love them. You don't get to leave much of a mark by not spending any money. Yeah, I can see how that would be. Well, that's- yeah, you know, it's. A, I have a hobby of I used to anyway reading all sorts of lists of the great, not so great, not very good, and. I almost said Essie. <laughs> Spitty presidents. And it finally dawned on me after a while that historians generally regard those who were restrained, who didn't have grand visions and messianic complexes, who thought that the government ought to not interfere with people's lives, ought to not overspend, ought to be be cool in the parlance of today's youth. Um, those are rated as terrible presidents. They were deliberately underperforming, but they're viewed with contempt by historians. Now, before the House uh, approved the huge budget bill, Republican Senator Rand Paul managed to delay the vote for some hours in the Senate with his protest over federal deficits. Here's some of what he said. My hope is that both sides will come together and say, enough's enough. This is the time. Tonight I say no. A country cannot go on forever spending money this way. And what you're seeing is recklessness trying to be passed off as bipartisanship. Republicans and Democrats coming together on a true compromise measure. I think that's a thing to celebrate. Now that was Rand, that was uh, Paul Ryan at the end there. I don't see how you can possibly even if you even if you think you know we need to fund these things, even if you're going to go there, celebrate that's going way too far. No celebrating until you stop the bleeding. I mean, that that. Uh, All right, listen. you can't possibly justify that kind of attitude, can you? There are better gang comparisons, but I'm not going to use them. We'll just use the Crips and Bloods. Time on. Mm-hmm. If the Crips and Bloods call a truce to get together and rob a big liquor store, 
Is that a good thing? In their minds? Well, no, for society. Does it mean perhaps they can put down their, their guns or gats, as, as the kids say, and... Uh, <laughs> And and maybe they'll realize yeah. you know we got more in common than we do apart. Why don't we Why don't we just start to work together? Is it possible this is one of those yeah, moments? I don't think so. Democrats at all. and Republicans have put down their guns to rob the liquor no, store of our children. I don't think there's any chance of that. In an election year, not a chance. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Dow opened up three hundred points. Went up right after the opening bill, just a day after the index plunged more than a thousand points. A rally, many say, fueled by bargain hunters. Market watcher Joe Getty's on hand. He's got the latest for us. Well, it's up slightly, but the trend is down actually right now. It's been trending down since you know since it hit that height. So who knows? I'm not a day trader, so whatever. The bargain oh, yeah. hunters put their money back in their pockets and left the building. <laughs> the world is facing a tequila shortage. The heartland of the tequila industry, Mexico's western state of Jalisco, is facing a shortage of the agave plant. The increasing worldwide demand for the liquor is worrying a lot of producers because over the past two years. Agave uh, supplies have gotten smaller and smaller, and the price of agave, which is the blue-tinged, spiky-leaved succulent used to make the alcoholic drink, has risen sixfold. You liking all this tequila co- uh, tequila talk there, Sean? Uh, um, Being a little hungover today, um, haven't had a big night last night. Oh. A lot of talk about tequila. Now would you like to taste good in your mouth right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no! Oh, no! All right, there you go. Uh, one of the reasons we got a tequila shortage right now, positive shine. There's some more. We found it. We got a, a splurge there. <laughs> and lastly, YouTube's pulling ads from videos by Internet star Logan Paul after he uploaded footage of himself tasing dead rats. Animal rights groups. Oh, for God's sake. We've hit bottom. (laughs) So why is is that? uh, Well, PETA criticized the video and asked YouTube to remove it. They're dead. They were rats to start with, and now they're dead rats. So what's the... the, Outrage. Outrage from animal lovers. Disrespect for the body? I mean, I'm seriously, I'm trying to figure out what the at word, who's angry. Listen, I get PETA-PETA doing this. They're geniuses at this. I get that. YouTube capitulating? That I don't get. Yeah. The video uh, shows Paul finding two dead rats in his balcony and firing at them with a taser gun. Mm. That's what set off the controversy. All right. All right. There you go. That's wrapped at your news. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, yeah. the voice of the West. Hey, did you make a decision on your... On my what? What's going on? I was asking Marshall a question. We got time left, Michael. A little premature musaculation there. Ew. <laughs> Come on, Marshall. Have you, <laughs> made, have you, <laughs> you made Sean throw up again? <laughs> have, you, have you made a decision on your clinical trial yet? I have your indeed. eye procedure. Thing. I have indeed. I'll now, tell you. Yeah, uh, we got this note from David, who's okay. a knowledgeable fellow. He points out okay. in clinical trials, as soon as the researchers notice the experimental drug is really effective in helping people, they're required to start giving it to the placebo group. Excellent. Now, Excellent. that's according to David, who's a steady rolling guy. He writes okay. us all the time. Okay. Not a rando? He's not a rando. Okay. So, I don't know. I, you've already made your, made your decision. I hope I haven't shaken you. <laughs> Here, I'll give you a quick uh, uh, background. I have uh, problems with my eyes. I've got a retinal disease. I have been offered the chance to get involved in a clinical trial. I said, yes, I'll go for it. Then they sent me the information on it. It involves getting shots in my eyes once a month for a year and a half. Surely you mean drops in your eyes. No, I yeah. asked. I thought maybe laser shots. Something. No, actual shots. Every month. Yes. God 
Yes. And there's always a chance it's just a sadist who wants to do this to people. And there's always a 40% chance it is just a placebo. Oh, right. And they're I'd doing nothing but poking you in the eye once a month. For a year and a half. It's the old, it's better to sharp It's better than a sharp stick in the eye. No, this is not. not really. It's exactly the same. But I, I talked to a number of people yesterday. I went over to the Raven Social and Athletic Club. I got advice, sage advice from the, uh, the bar crowd. Should Chris. I get yes. Barstool philosophers weighing yes. in. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so I have, at, after pondering this for a long time, I have decided to go ahead yes. with the clinical trial. I like there it. You go. Aiding the advance of science. Marshall Phillips. Yeah, I will be meeting with the team next Tuesday, including the doctor who is in charge of the whole worldwide clinical uh, tests. Wow. So uh, from there, i got to get a DNA test, a physical, and then we'll see what happens. The DNA test is because my mom suffered the same thing. My uncle on my dad's side oh suffered my. the same thing. Well, you're contributing something to science. Uh, so there we go. Well and done, so, sir. Yeah, I will we, keep you informed. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, let us know uh, how that goes then. Oh, well, you'll better, know. Better than a sharp <laughs> stick in the eye. Well, I've got to argue with you there for a second. So some of the states are ahead of the federal government in spending themselves to death. We'll take a look at that eventually. We're not going to wear you out. But Spirit Airlines, my God, don't fly them. They ordered a poor young girl to flush her comfort hamster down the toilet. They did not. They did. Oh, oh my God. Scandal. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just reading this article, New York Times reading, how old school is that? Which is the point of the article. Welcome to the post-text future. How uh, print or text is, is just rapidly going away. Reading and writing rapidly going away, and it's all audio and video. Hmm. And it's just exploding. And they, they think that's going to be the future of taking in information or passing information around. Audio and video and text is just going to go by the wayside. That's not, not a fan. Well, whether you're a fan or not is not really going to factor in, but... Yeah, well, it's one more reason for me to be bitter. <laughs> Listen to this. Which do you want? Spirit Airlines employee tells student to flush her emotional support hamster down the toilet? I don't believe that actually happened. It happened, poor gal. Or California Assemblywoman Christina Garcia, whose high-profile advocacy of the Me Too movement has earned her national media notice is herself the subject of state legislative investigation in the wake of reports she sexually harassed and groped former staffers and, and others. She groped a... Uh, She's a full-on get-drunk-and-grope people. God, why was nobody ever groping me when I... Well, I think the, the answer's probably obvious. <laughs> um, But I would have welcomed some groping when I was a younger man. Come on, boss, grope me. This Christina Garcia who has absolutely hauled herself up on the cross and and just howled about unfairness and harassment and the rest of it and really tried to make a name for herself on it. Daniel Fierro told 
Politico that in 2014, so, well, this was, God, back in the dark ages, four years ago, as a 25-year-old staffer to a different assembly person, he was groped by Garcia, a powerful Democratic lawmaker who chairs the Legislative Women's Caucus and the Natural Resources Committee. She cornered him alone after the annual assembly softball game in Sacramento. We used to, we emceed that once or twice. For years, yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. Uh, He was trying to clean out the dugout. Fierro said Garcia appeared inebriated, said she began stroking his back, then squeezed his buttocks and attempted to touch his crotch before he extricated himself and quickly left. I wouldn't extricate myself. I just stood there and wait till she's done. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Do I think there's a double standard? Yes, I do think there's a double standard. She's I treating think, you like a piece of meat. Is that okay with you? I think the difference between her doing that too. How old was he? Twenty five. Yes. Uh, and some some congressperson coming up to a twenty five year old girl and doing that. I think they're completely different. How things. are they different? It's power imbalance, Jack. It's it's exploitation. It's just it's just plain the it's, it's the, ugly. It's the root physical. She can't make me do anything I don't want to do. Right. Which and she is, can't make you pregnant either. Yeah, yeah. For instance. But physically, she can't do anything I don't want I don't want to do. But Fierro is not the only one claiming improper advances by Garcia. A prominent Sacramento lobbyist says she also accosted him last May when she cornered him, made a graphic sexual proposal, and tried to grab his crotch at a political fundraiser. He spoke to Politico on the condition of an anonymity out of fear of reprisals. Uh, he says she was uh, appeared to have been drinking heavily at a fundraiser hosted by our ancient syphilitic governor, Jerry Brown. You got to admit, though, that's pretty funny that she's a person that gets drunk up and gropes people. Yeah. And is leading the charge. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, here, here's your uh, details. The lobbyist said um, uh, he was leaving after uh, late night drinks, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, called her a flirt. She'd been increasingly flirtatious and had called him on a few occasions before late night drinks, which he repeatedly dis- declined. Oh, before four late night drinks. So anyway, she spots him, says, where are you going? The lobbyist says she came back and was whispering real close and I could smell the booze and see if she was pretty far gone. He said she looked at me for a second and said, I've set a goal for myself to F you. Wow. Yeah. At that point, Garcia, quote, stepped in front of me and reaches out and is grabbing for my crotch. That was the line in the sand, according to the lobbyist. A really overused phrase. Just say line. Do you live in sand? No. (laughs) And he stopped her. I was four inches from her eyeball to eyeball, and I said, that ain't going to happen. Ouchie. Is she Uh, uh, toad-like, or what's the deal here? Uh, you know, I don't... Uh, I'm just being honest here. Wow, God, that is so indelicate. That plays a huge role there in this. There are other ways to ask the question. Garcia was one of hundreds of Sacramento women who signed a letter with the hashtag, We Said Enough, protesting harassment. New York Times said she'd been the repeated victim of sexual harassment by men in the Capitol in the course of her legislative work. I don't, I don't doubt that for a minute, because... The the great paragon of progressivism that is Sacramento is just, it's graft and filth and corruption and, and harassment and the rest of it. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Um, when Time Magazine included her photo in its Persons of the Year issue, which was victims of sexual harassment, people saying enough, she was actually uh, uh, on the cover. Wow, that's something. She said, I didn't know I was part of the story. It was awkwardly humbling experience i'm proud of this work proud of the company she's in yeah of drunken sexual aggressors 
Very nice. Very nice. Um, there's also a uh, legislator in Oregon who was like groping women on the floor of the uh, the legislature. There, one woman said he leaned into whisper to me about something, and as I came away, my ear was wet. <laughs> gave her a wet willy. That is too close. I don't care what you're telling me. You get away from my ear, icky. Yeah. But anyway, well, we've got to follow up on the story of Spirit Airlines. Ordering this poor, emotional young woman, college girl, don't you know, to flush her hamster down the turlet. I don't believe that happened. Oh, my God. It clearly happened. Now, Spirit Airlines denies it, but of course they would. Bunch of hamster flushers. (laughs) So uh, she'd called the airline, said, look, I got a comfort hamster. And they said, bring it along. Bring it. She got bring it. (laughs) Bring it, bitch. And uh, she checked into her November flight from Baltimore to South Florida. Sounds like, uh, well, I was going to say spring break, but if you do it in November, you're getting it wrong. So she get there, and the, uh, the, 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 the employee says, no, you can't have a damn hamster on the flight. Get that rodent out of here. you got to flush it down the toilet. She claims she did. Spirit Airlines is spiritedly saying, the hell we did. We don't tell people to flush their hamsters down toilets, but has given her a replacement rodent. Well. So, all's well it ends well, except for the first yeah, hamster. doesn't help that first hamster much. <laughs> Not really. Um, I can hit you with some highlights from the Olympics this weekend, so you can plan around that to try to catch some of it. I'm looking forward to watching it. It's on, I'm hoping, a bunch of different channels, right? Uh-huh. Well, action all day long. So, some of the highlights coming up. One of the highlights being for me is that Matt Lauer will be watching from home. <laughs> <laughs>